Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to another all-new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we are joined by Anthony Briggs, who plays Drax the Destroyer in the new Marvel Universe Live Tour. We'll also be talking with Jim Oosley and Benjamin Sawyer about the Dead Palace and their Kickstarter project. Stand by. live in the greater St. Louis area on 95.1 FM or 1260 AM. Thank you very much for listening. If you're hearing this after the fact on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podomatic, or Google Play, we appreciate your support as well. And we encourage you to check us out online, geek2meradio.com, Facebook slash geek radio or Twitter at geek radio and Instagram as well. We have a big show today. We're going to get right to our first interview. Anthony Briggs is playing Drax the Destroyer in the brand new Marvel Universe Live Tour, Age of Heroes, which will be here at the Chaffetz in October. We had a chance to speak with Anthony about that performance. Right now, we are talking with Anthony Briggs. The Marvel Universe Live Age of Heroes is touring the country And obviously, with all the big-budget movies coming out, we've got Avengers, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming. Anthony plays Drax in this Marvel Universe Live extravaganza, and he's joining us right now. Anthony, thanks for being on air. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So where are you uh, currently performing right now? Right now, we're currently in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And how's the weather in Phoenix? Very, very hot. Very hot. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. And you're you're from Baltimore, so how do you like uh, how do you like touring the country? Um, it's nice to see uh, all these different places. Um, yeah, coming from a metropolitan area like Baltimore, I've seen so many other places. Uh, places I've never thought I'd ever see. Um, seen all types. I've seen mountains. I've seen beaches. I've seen like list goes on. Right now, currently in Phoenix, um, just experiencing this really really hot weather. Um, it's really nice seeing able to tour the country. That'd be a very cool perk, all the places you get to see. And I know you're a young guy. You're in your early 20s. Uh, is this your first acting gig, or what uh, What other background do you have? Well, this is my first uh, theatrical acting gig. I've done, like, small stuff on film. Um, never done any live performances. Uh, this one's definitely a first. And I know the live performances, Those that's uh, you've got one chance to do it right. How much rehearsal time do you and your fellow Marvel Universe live actors put into uh, each routine? Oh, uh, we whew, well, when we went through our rehearsal, well, the, okay, so we rehearse a lot, actually. Um, we're still rehearsing even when we're during tour. Um, it's just a, it's just more, 
on us at the moment. Mm-hmm. But at first, uh, we had to actually go to, I call it Marvel Boot Camp. That's pretty much what it is, where <laughs> it's like uh, two months of just intense training, uh, six days a week, 10 hours a day, just training all these different skills and rehearsing all your fight scenes and, and everything. But uh, once we got done with that, then we started actually going around and performing. So now it's kind of like left up to us to go ahead and rehearse. So we're, we're constantly rehearsing and doing things. And I know you're, you've got a huge martial arts background. And did that uh, obviously come into play quite a bit? Did, were they looking for someone with that particular set of skills? Or did you just fit the bill of what they were looking for generally? And they're like, hey, that's a bonus. You've got those skills. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, definitely having the martial arts skills, uh, it helps a lot, especially with a lot of the fight choreography. Um, but at first, I think, I think what they look for is like if you are athletic and, and being a martial artist, you, you definitely have to have some sort of athleticism. Um, and there's certain, certain roles uh, that you fit the bill based upon your size. I know for me, there's a couple of roles that, uh, that I fit the bill for. And originally, um, I was playing one role, and because they noticed my martial arts ability, they switched me to the role that I'm playing now because Drax is a, uh, a warrior type. He does a lot of fighting, and you know they couldn't have chose a better candidate. <laughs> Perfect. And you're, you're a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy before you got the gig, or was it something you kind of learned to appreciate after you got the role? Um, I was a little bit of a fan before, but I'm definitely more of a fan now. Um, at first, uh, I was, you know, I really didn't know too many of the characters. Guardians of the Galaxy was something new. Uh, I saw the first movie. Uh, I really liked it. It was definitely different than your your Avengers types of uh, type of movies. Right. And then when I got, you know, then I got the uh, the role and I started doing a lot more character development and studying. Um, I've grown to like the Guardians a lot more. Like they're they're very fun. And I know when someone, just me personally anyway, when I think of a, a martial arts person turned actor, I can't help but think of Ray Park, who played obviously Darth Maul and the Toad in the X-Men, and then he went on to be Snake Eyes. What uh, The tour is, I'm sure, fantastic, and, and it's a great gig, but any actor always thinks about where they want to go next. What do you kind of have your sights on after a long stint of doing this tour? I definitely want to uh, follow in the steps of Ray Park. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, definitely want to get into film. Um, I, that, that's a big dream of mine. Uh, I definitely want to pursue a career in doing uh, stunts in film. And, you know, way further down in my career, I, I really want to get into fight choreography. I really feel like that's uh, it's a big dream of mine. Yeah, that would be fantastic because there's obviously mm-hmm. no shortage of fights in movies and TV. <laughs> Exactly. So the Marvel Universe Live Tour, and for those of you who are listening now, you can get tickets for this still. We're coming through St. Louis on the tour October 26th through the 29th at the Chaffetz Arena, which is a fantastic... Have you ever been to St. Louis before, Anthony? No, I've actually passed through there on a train, but I've never actually got to hang out and explore. I'm really excited. Well, luckily, there's a bunch of places you're going to get to eat. we got fantastic food in St. Louis. And the Chaffetz Arena is a great venue. Uh, I've seen a couple Billikens games there, and they've, it's, it's, there's not a bad seat to be had. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com. They're starting at $20, and I would recommend for everyone to check out the Marvel Universe Live website, which is just simply MarvelUniverseLive.com. And that's, that's you right there as Drax uh, next to Star-Lord and Rocket on the homepage, yes? Yep, that's me. <laughs> 
So I'm sure you look different without all the makeup. <laughs> so how long is it? Uh, what type of makeup do they use? Because obviously you're, you got the special effects, you got the, the pyrotechnics and the lights. Obviously they want to make sure it's not something that's going to run as you start sweating and everything. So what type of, how long are you in the makeup chair before the show starts? Um, it takes about, well, we got to do our own makeup. Um, so it takes about, for me, good, maybe like 10 minutes. Oh, that's um, not bad. And then we, yeah, not bad, not bad at all. And then we have a, a spritz, uh, I guess they kind of I'll call it a final coating, where basically that helps it prevent from, uh, from sweat, like when you're sweating and stops it from running. Um, I've definitely had some instances where I didn't put that on and it, it kind of ran in my eyes. <laughs> definitely affected some things so i learned my lesson with that but uh and i'm definitely new to the makeup game i didn't i didn't know anything about makeup until i got with this show and they're like hey you're responsible for your own makeup so i'm still kind of learning you know my ways around with uh with this makeup thing (laughs) well as a dude who's done it i can say there's no better teacher than live theater for teaching a dude how to put on his own makeup so i I understand the the journey you're on (laughs) (laughs) With all the with all the high tech stuff we mentioned, I mean it's it's a very very high tech show, and I know each each one of you has to wear an infrared tracker, so that everything can be kept on you with the speed at which you're moving. For people who haven't seen this or kind of trying to envision it, it's not like going to the circus where they've got a tightrope walker and people getting shot out of cans. Which the circus has a kind of atmosphere to it, but this is kind of like part I guess a little bit of circus, but part like story woven in part live theater how how would you best describe marvel universe live age of heroes for people who haven't seen anything like it hmm that that's really interesting because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of different um elements to it um actually one guy who saw the show explained it the best to me he said it's like a mixture between the circus uh wwe and like uh he said circus wwe and like a live theater performance. So it's like there's so many different elements in there. We have certain scenes that will just remind you of the circus where, where there's a lot of just stunts and, and uh, rope stuff and, and, and ribbons and things like that. And then, you know, in other scenes we have pyrotechnics and motorcycles and fights and all types of things. So it's definitely a, an eclectic blend of just action, like just nonstop action the whole way through. And have you been injured at all yet while performing? Um, unfortunately, no. Uh, we try. We definitely try uh, to to make sure safety is, is a first priority. Um, and we we all do a lot of dangerous stunts. And I know for myself, I do a lot of dangerous stunts. So I definitely try to uh, make sure that I'm fully stretched out or warmed up, and just make sure uh, a lot of my because um, uh, I come from what we call the grid. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is like, it's like a 50-foot platform, and, and so I'm, I'm always up there, and I'm always, you know, saying small little prayers, make sure I'm okay, uh, just checking with my rigor um, to make sure everything's good. But no, to answer your question, I've been, I've been pretty good so far, and I'm not planning to keep it that way. Good, good. Well, not, knock on four mica on the countertop here. We'll, uh, we'll hope that keeps up that trend <laughs> of not being injured. So Anthony Briggs, once again, playing Drax. In the Marvel Universe Live Age of Heroes, it's coming through town here in St. Louis at the Chaffetz Arena October 26th through the 29th. Ticketmaster.com to grab those tickets starting at $20. And, of course, please check out the website, MarvelUniverseLive.com. And, Anthony, if people want to look you up, where can they find you on the interwebs? 
On the interwebs, um, so I have my Instagram, which is where I post most of my uh, videos as far as my martial arts and any type of other skills that I've picked up along the way. Um, it's, Jap- it's Japanese, so uh, for people who might not be able to spell it, um, I'll spell it out. It's uh, Shinobi underscore stunts. So that's S-H-I-N-O-B-I underscore stunts. And my Facebook is Anthony Briggs hyphenated brown. Very cool. Thank you for your time. We'll look forward to seeing you at Marvel Universe Live, Age of Heroes, when you come through St. Louis. We'll be sure to come down and say hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Best of luck with the tour. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. And if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, obviously all the cool stuff they do with that, you get to see it live. This is a kid-friendly show. Obviously, the little ones are going to love it. And as we talked about in the interview, Shape It's Arena, not a bad seat in the entire place. So check that out. Get your tickets early because I've got a feeling this event will probably sell out. Um, It's one of those types of things. It's only here for the one weekend, and it's going to be a fantastic show. Lots of live action, lots of cool stunts, and uh, really an amazing thing to see. We're going to take our first break. We'll be back with the boys from the Dead Palace right after this. Hello, this is Kari Payton, King Ezekiel from The Walking Dead, and I encourage everyone to listen to Geek to Me. It's a lovely program. Would I ever steer you wrong? We are back live on Geek to Me Radio. A couple weeks ago, you may remember we had a gentleman by the name of Todd Black on the line with us, and he was doing a Kickstarter project for a graphic novel called 10,000 Miles. I'm very happy to say, as an update for all the listeners, that he got fully funded. He made his goal and then some. So we want to keep the streak going. Uh, I want to be known as the good luck charm for all Kickstarters. So to continue the trend, we have someone who's been on the show before. We've had the men talk about the last time they were getting ready to release uh, their graphic novel, The Dead Palace, on Twitter, at The Dead Palace, Facebook.com slash the Dead Palace. We have Benjamin Sawyer and Jim Oosley joining us once again in studio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Hello, everybody. So we've got uh, another Kickstarter project. This is going to be the uh, the complete collection, I think, is what it's... Uh, Correct, yeah. So tell us a little bit about how it's different this time than the first one you put out, what more is in it, etc. Well, we uh, we had the idea to put together a, a comic for Wizard World and a couple other conventions. and uh, You sold out at Wizard World St. Louis, too. We did. Fantastic. We sold out of yeah. it, yeah, which was, which was great. And uh, we got such a great reaction from it from people. Um, you know, a lot of emails, a lot of messages about it. And we decided, you know what, you know, we're having a lot of fun writing these stories, uh, doing this stuff. Let's do a full collection. And, of course, to do that, we had to go to Kickstarter and crowdfunding and, you know, get the support of horror fans and, and get it uh, get it finished up. That's the beauty of self-publishing, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And you're hitting it at a good time. We're getting uh, that fall weather's coming on, and we're turning. It was was uh, the timing intentional with it being kind of fall slash Halloween season, or was it just kind of the way it fell? No, we meant to release it a few weeks ago, to be honest. Okay, <laughs> but uh, as things go, you know, to get the timing just right, to have all our materials ready, we had to push it. So. But I think that's working out to our favor. Yeah, I would think. St. Louis seems to be gearing up for Halloween already with this kind of cool evenings we're having. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's been nice. And it's such a, you know, for me, you know, this is my favorite time of year. I love Halloween season. Halloween is my Christmas. And, yeah. uh, 
you know, for us, it's really a passion project, you know, because just growing up with all those great universal horror films and late night movies and going to uh, Ma- Thayer Ashen's Mansion, if you remember that place at all in St. I Louis. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I, I love Halloween. And so this really is our love letter to anything scary, you know, scary movies, scary comics, Halloween. If you love that kind of stuff, you will love this book. I promise you. Yeah, I remember we used to, uh, in the fall, once the leaves started changing color, we'd pile all of us in a friend's minivan. We'd go down Bubblehead Road yeah. um, in the North <laughs> County in Florissant, and we'd always you know, tell scary stories until we got there, and someone would <laughs> undoubtedly try to go up and touch the door, and right. shenanigans would ensue. I'm not going to say someone chased us in the car and shot a bullet at us, but, you know, it's North County. Anything can happen. <laughs> we, were, we were actually chased in a car. Really? Yeah, we, we got out of there. We got chased in a car. And uh, it was an old guy that owned land kind of by there. Oh. Okay. And uh, it was really funny because we were careening through the different subdivisions and stuff, right? Yeah. And he turned off his headlights and got us at an intersection and pulled the driver out of the car at a stoplight. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. That's, that's why you don't stop your car in a high-speed chase. You blow through that red light. We were stupid kids. I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't know. Grand Theft Auto was now then. You had no idea what you were doing as far as car chase. <laughs> right. <laughs> had we seen that, we would have known, right? Yeah, exactly. So, any uh, Ben, any, any Halloween-type stuff like that, like uh, things you used to do when you were younger? Uh Man, I don't know. My childhood's a bit blurry. Uh, <laughs> Not good, huh? I, a lot of video game theme costumes. Uh, no, my, my recent Halloween antics have been more on the forefront. Uh, I've really been getting into it lately, doing more than one costume per year. Nice. You know, if I have to go to two parties, I'm not wearing the same costume <laughs> twice. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I have trespassed a few times and been shot at, so just to fit Perfect. in. Perfect. <laughs> right there. We're all in the same group. Joey, you've been trespassing or been shot at? Yeah, some sort of mental hospital where you don't know if it's actually the patients got loose or just punk kids spray painting stuff on the wall to scare right. the people that follow behind. But I remember uh, a toilet being melted, so I think someone started a fire in some oh. abandoned well, hospital. Joey made more cred than the rest of us, actually. God, we got a we got a party together. <laughs> I watch Urban Explorer videos on YouTube, and it's super spooky, and I get uh, inspired. Good. Yeah, See, that's all that we ask. We want to inspire people. I didn't know you could melt a toilet. You're obviously never applied yourself because <laughs> if, if you get the right kind of ratio of White Castle and Goldschlager, sure. you can go right through that porcelain. Exactly. Actually, Ben, when he was growing up, I don't think you could watch horror movies, right? That's true. Yeah, really? it was very sheltered. Yeah. I mean, in the 80s when all of these classics were fresh, uh, my parents were like, nope, you're too young for that. So a lot of these classics I had to experience as an adult, which is both awesome and uh, a little disappointing in some ways because, you know, our tolerance levels keeps going up right yeah so movies like uh the exorcist might have just absolutely petrified you as at that age but now you're just like oh that's a neat effect you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh look they did the thing where she's on a wire and she comes down the stairs and they probably have a harness and you're like overanalyzing yeah. it, takes it out. yeah too many behind the scenes <laughs> but uh the, there are a few that really stand out oh and the best thing about it one of my new musical favorites is synthwave and uh, you know, like uh, like uh, Stranger Things, the soundtrack. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, and those old mov- horror movies just just nail it every time. Like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street has just an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. So that's been uh, a fun perk to watching these movies is, is getting these old soundtracks. But uh, a few of them, a few of them fully fulfill. Uh, Hellraiser and Nightmare on Elm Street, they live up and. Okay, except for when the mom gets pulled through the window at the end of night. Yeah, everybody that has a problem with that scene. Ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That movie I don't know had why they until had the last there. five seconds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that so, a great, not a great moment, but the rest of the movie is classic. Yeah, for Every sure. Every movie has that little chink in its armor that's kind of like, yep. well, especially nowadays, it seems like some of the ones they try with. Um, what 
I can't remember. I just saw a horror movie not that long ago, but I'm like the whole time I'm like, oh, this is disappointing. Yeah. But huh. then we saw Annabelle. Jim, Jim and I saw Annabelle, and that was that was phenomenal. Great. Yeah. And it was very old school too. Yeah. More about storytelling than than jump scares. I thought that was really. There's cool. There's a few movies like that recently that that sort of use old tactics. You know, just good storytelling. Did you guys see the teaser or trailer for uh, Insidious, the new Insidious movie? I've not seen it. I yet, did. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, excited. It's one of my new favorite horror series, so I'm super excited about it. It's that. a really good series, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I saw the second one because that way they had that kind oh. of tie-in at the end of Annabelle. I said, who's this nun? And I think you said that's the one from Insidious? Right. Or, yeah, so I didn't. Uh, no, Conjur- The Conjuring, I think. Oh, The Conjuring. Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I thought they were trying to tie the movies in. It was The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Okay. So yeah. here's a cool thing about Insidious. The second movie makes the first movie better. Hmm. Yeah, the second movie is kind of like the Back to the Future Part 2. It's so, of- yeah. It's huh. really so interesting. Yeah. So three was, you know, I could never watch three again. I'd be fine. But one and two together is just such an experience. The yeah. way they tie it all together. Yeah. It's you need to watch two things. That well, happen you need to in watch the one first... again and then go watch two. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Things that happen in the first one, you kind of learn more about in the second one, in, like tiny events. It's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. My wife won't watch scary movies, so I'm kind of relegated <laughs> to do that on my own. Yeah. So once she goes to sleep, then I can pop in the DVD and uh, watch them then. But yeah. Uh, now, the other movie, uh, Black Christmas, I, I'm mentioning this for a reason. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I love Black Christmas. And in our book, in the, in the uh, Dead Palace, one of the stories is a pseudo-sequel to the 1973 Black Christmas film. Huh. And it takes place decades later. And uh, the Jess character that was played by Olivia Hussey, she has to confront uh, the assailant one last time. And uh, it's a really cool story. And just as a fanboy, I'm so excited to do this story. It's going to be a really great sort of slasher story for the book. And if you want to back this, by the way, while we're talking about this, let's hit the Kickstarter. Go to kickstarter.com. Just search out The Dead Palace. Uh, You guys are off to a brilliant start. Uh, $2,701 already in there with 25 days left to go. So I have a really confident feeling you'll make it. They were already like 46, 47%. Nice. Very cool. our first five days, something like that. Really, really, really grateful and, and happy about it for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's been a lot of work. You know, when you do a Kickstarter, it's easy just to put it out there and hope that people come to it. But uh, you really have to work on it every day. You really have to live it during that 30 days, you know. But if you're passionate about it, you know, and you're a fan, you've just got to go for it. Yeah. You know? And uh, again, you can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Dead Palace, all one word. Uh, you can check them out there. The link to the Kickstarter is on there. So we'll give them a like on their page and uh, throw some money at them. That'd be great. <laughs> We're going to take our first break. We'll come back talking more horror and terror stuff with our Dead Palace friends right after this. Hi, this is Me Loaf, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. And we are back, joined by Jim Oosley and Ben Sawyer of The Dead Palace, a horror anthology, which can be backed on Kickstarter right now. Check them out on Facebook.com slash The Dead Palace. And Ben has some upcoming events that if you're around the St. Louis area, uh, you can actually meet them and check some stuff out. What, uh, what have you got coming up, Ben? Well, it uh, looks like the next one is Saturday, September 16th. We'll be at the Wizard Wagon uh, right in the middle of the day between 2 and 4. Uh, then Monday, September 18th, we're going to be at Onesto Pizza from 6 to 8. 
And then Wednesday, September 20th, we'll be uh, bright and early to, to get your, your, your poll at 10 a.m. to noon. For New Comic Day, New yeah. Comic Wednesday. Perfect. Yep. And that's at Star Clipper. Yes. So. And Ernesto's going to be really cool, too, because they're going to have a, a, a themed menu. So you'll be able to get, like, you know, dead girl mushroom pizza or, you know, <laughs> whatever they decide. They haven't decided yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> they, they probably won't do that. that Hopefully name. you're Maybe not playing the menu, Jim. Maybe <laughs> 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 the professionals. <laughs> Here we have bloody scab pepperoni. But they're really cool. They're going to do like a theme night for us. So that's, that's going to be really fun. We bring in the fog machine. We should. We, well, why not? <laughs> you know, that way they can't see what the pizza is. No matter what they yeah. order, they can, you know, yeah. they, if it sounds bad, that just eat it. It's fine. It'll be an immersive experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, if you're in the St. Louis area and that's kind of spread out too, that's great because uh star clipper down on Washington, you said the pizza place is in South uh, city, mm-hmm. yep. and then obviously Wizard Wagon right there in the uh, Del Mar area in, yep. the, in the loop. So that's a nice spread of uh, spread. places to go. And we might add a couple more places. We'll we'll see how it goes. But actually, whoever shows up to one of these events and backs us on site will get a little reward. And I, I can't say what it is, but it's going to be really cool. Very nice. Get it, excited. <laughs> it it might be the special convention issue. Ooh. Of the comic. I, I don't know. I, I've heard some things in the street. So don't quote me on <laughs> and that's the one that sold out at Wizard World. That's yeah. That, 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 cool. Very mm-hmm. neat. Very mm-hmm. neat. And you can have these guys sign it for you if, the, if you come in. If you be very, very nice. Don't look Jim in the eye. He hates that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my signature devalues the paper it's written on. Oh, so you got to be I really careful okay. whether you want it or not. Just put a little insert in there then. Just <laughs> right there. That way they have it. They can take it and <laughs> sign the bookmark. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> then they can just pitch it. Right. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, we talked about uh, the work you guys have done on the original and then with the, com- the complete collection stuff you've added to it and all that. Right. So what's the biggest challenge, I don't want to say in doing a project because you've, you know, you've already worked on everything like that, but I guess adding to what you've already done, uh, what challenges did you guys encounter in kind of making it more? Well, uh, for me, it's actually, it's, it's always a challenge writing you know it's a challenge for me to do anything to be honest <laughs> with you but uh it's, i wouldn't really call it a, a challenge because um you know horror is my favorite genre and so for me you know when we talked about expanding this and make it a full graphic novel i was like oh man this is like vacation for me you know i mean i'm really having so much fun writing these new stories um it does really seem to come natural to them it, it's yeah. so it's so much fun and uh the new book well and you know originally for the convention issue we had there's a dead girl in my chest uh, the Wolves and the Carrion, Butcher Queen, and the Atonement Lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the expanded edition, there's going to be uh, Bone Covenant, parts one and two, uh, two stories that kind of like fit together. Um, we have The Night Billy Came Home, and we have Heaven is the Shadow and the Ocean Below. I which, saw the art for that on your page. That looks great. Thank yeah, you. Ben did an amazing work on it, and uh, as usual. And uh, that's a really cool story because it's kind of like Lovecraftian and mixes that with steampunk and... Um, existential horror and it's a really fun little story so we're just thrilled to get people to read this and, and check it out yeah for me i would say it's uh it, it sounds really amateurish but consistency you know uh sort of like an animation you want to make sure the person's face looks the same from the beginning to the end right um and our stories evolve so much as does uh, the art style and and each story has its own art style so the one thing i really have to concentrate on is just making sure that you know kaiwa our our lady from Blood Palace is Our Lady in Bone Covenant, you know, that she might evolve a little bit as the story gets more grim, but it's still got a 
look like her from the last book, things like that. So right. I might get new ideas and go, oh, wouldn't it be neat? Nope. nope it's got to <laughs> keep, it, keep it the way it was. Um, but luckily, that's really our only sequel. So the rest of the stuff's all kind of new material anyway. But yeah. So I know I, I've kind of looked at when, when people draw stuff, I know obviously when we see people, people sometimes resemble each other, sometimes they look different. Certain artists, and I won't mention which Marvel artist to which I'm referring <laughs> has all their people. If you take their hair away, they look basically the same. Yeah. So it, what, how do you approach making sure every single face looks different when you're doing a story like that with multiple people? Well, I think with, uh, at least the big two, um, they're, they're so restricted to make their super people look super that you can't really diversify their facial facial features mm. unless they're a sidekick or a villain. Then you can give them, rounder jaws and bigger noses and things like that. But with their heroes, they're really forced to make them look as standard and, and GQ as possible, you know? Yeah. And that's that's not to their benefit, really. And I think a lot of their artists probably get in that habit of just doing the same thing for however long they're in the industry. And then, it's, and then eventually you can't do anything else, right? But I've never really had that, uh, that, that muzzle. So every time I draw a face, I'm like, all right, well, let's give them a, a big hook nose or let's give them uh, mouth that's just a little too wide. Let's put their eyes a little too close together. You know, I always have the liberty of making bigger ears or, you know, an unsightly Adam's apple or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> Stop looking at me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it's, it's actually easier than, 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 the, than the former, I guess. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, guys, I appreciate your coming in. Uh, thanks. This has been great. And best of luck on the project. And, again, if you're wanting to donate, please do go to Kickstarter and find The Dead Palace. You have links on your Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash The Dead Palace. You're both individually on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Give your Twitter handles. Uh, I am at Sketch Sawyer, uh, but I'm on everything as Sketch Sawyer, Instagram, Tumblr, Xbox Live, you know, whatever. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm on uh, Twitter as at Jim Oosley and uh, on Instagram as at Radio underscore Jimbo or yeah. something stupid like that. I forget <laughs> what it was. <laughs> and, of course, the actual... Uh, Dead Palace at the Dead Palace on mm-hmm. Twitter as well for all those who want to follow and please back to Kickstarter. Like I said, I want to be two for two. I want to be the good luck charm for all Kickstarter projects. We want you to be that too. Thank yeah. you, thank you. So <laughs> check them out, guys. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. No problem. We're yes, gonna take a you. quick break. We're gonna come back and uh, give you some highlights of the Stan Lee panel from Dragon Con. Stand by. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. This is Michael Rosenbaum. You might know me as Lex Luthor or Martin X from Guardians of the Galaxy. And you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Why am I talking like this? Michael Rosenbaum, the voice of the Flash. From the Justice League Unlimited series, probably one of the best superhero cartoon series ever, ever, ever made. He was at Dragon Con as well, uh, which uh, we were at and we broadcast our show live. If you missed that show, you can go to iTunes and subscribe to geek to me Radio. You can check it out on Podomatic. Again, it's always geek to me Radio. We are on Google Play. We are on SoundCloud. And I think that's it. I think, no, we're on iTunes. Or, I'm sorry, TuneIn, the TuneIn app. Search us out there as well. So we're all over the place. We're like the wind, baby. We're everywhere. Um, but Dragon Con was uh, very interesting 
for a number of different reasons. It was the largest convention we've been to. And if you've been listening to the show, that was our, gosh, I want to say ninth convention we've covered this this year. A um, lot of people, they broke records. Literally, this was a record-breaking attendance for their 31st year. So congratulations to everyone at Dragon Con uh, for handling everything well. The crowds were well-managed. The Stan Lee panel, Stan Lee is always a draw. The man is 94 years old and going like a champ. Uh, if you still get the chance to see him, I'd recommend doing it because uh, he's always entertaining. And I did go to the Stan Lee panel. The audio I tried to take was not great because I wasn't close enough. Uh, and they had a little bit of problem with the sound system in the beginning. So I decided not to do it. But uh, some of the highlights, I will say the one of the questions, he took questions from the crowd and without missing a beat, someone said, who's your favorite superhero and your least favorite superhero? And he immediately said, Spider-Man. He said, I've been asked this question so many times. Spider-Man's my answer. Because I used to hem and haw and say, well, maybe it's Ben Grimm. Maybe it's, maybe it's Iron Man. No, it's, it's Spider-Man's my favorite. And least favorite, Superman. <laughs> Which, obviously, that's funny because Superman is DC Comics. But uh, very quick-witted Stanley. It, it's funny, too. One of the questions people asked him, because he does these cameos in all these movies. Joey, do you have, of all the Marvel movies, a favorite Stanley cameo that you particularly prefer? I think uh, Deadpool is kind of making it uh, the, one of the top. Was he a strip club DJ? Yeah, strip club DJ. Deadpool. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was one of his best ones for sure. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to be, evidently he's filmed, because he said, I've already filmed five of them. Because I think, obviously, he's 94, and obviously, I want Stan Lee to live to be 112. Uh, I think the world needs people like Stan Lee, and it specifically needs Stan Lee in it uh, to keep it spinning, as far as my perspective goes. But obviously, he's getting up there, and so evidently, they're bringing him in to film these cameos back to back to back to back. And he said, yeah, we just filmed one. No, that was for a different film. He said, oh, Black Panther. And he remembered his cameo. He said, so I'm, I'm at this bar. I'm supposed to be this angry guy sitting in this bar. And all of a sudden, the moderator reaches over and grabs his wrist. And someone comes running out from backstage and whisper in his ear. And he goes, oh, my gosh, I'm contractually obligated not to tell you. I almost let it loose. I could have gotten sued. It was everyone had a good laugh because he almost spilled the beans on what his cameo was. And he's not able to tell us by law. I'm sure he signs a bunch of stuff with Disney uh, for which he is no doubt well compensated. But at the same time, he is legally obligated not to tell us. Um, some of the other things he did, someone gave an answer, or a question, I should say, about uh, why won't you create? And I don't think some people know he's not still creating. He's not actively working for Marvel Comics. But someone said, well, why don't you create more overweight superheroes so that people who are overweight like me can cosplay? And he kind of thought about it for me. He's like, everyone should cosplay um, regardless of what they look like. If, you, if you're a little overweight and you still want to cosplay as mr fantastic do it but i don't think we want to promote that it's a good thing for people to be overweight and yeah kids eat all you want so you can grow up to look like you know this particular superhero who we've now created um so i i think it was a well thought out answer um shows that he's still thinking about stuff and everything but yeah it, it, it people don't that i saw at the convention don't body shame anymore it's not you know they'll be put down if they do like by other nerds saying hey knock it off so if you want if you know if you're a little overweight or if you're a little short or if you're a little whatever your body type is cosplay is what you want don't uh don't worry about it if you want to cosplay as harley quinn if you want to cosplay as the joker but you're a little overweight or you're a little short or whatever do it do what you want that's what it's about that's what these cons are about and that's what cosplay should be it should be about you just celebrating the character don't worry about what you look like 
And I think Stan's answer was very well uh, on point for that. Um, he said his favorite cameo was his one in Avengers 2, where he gets drunk off Thor's mead and they have to carry him out and he slurs Excelsior. Um, and then he also, someone asked him about whether or not he is a watcher because he's in all these movies. He shows up as a different person. And then they had that post credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy where he's hanging out with the watchers. And someone said, Stan, are you a watcher? And he got really quiet for a minute. He goes, I can't confirm nor can I deny, but you're on the right track. So if he's not a watcher, he is at least some one of the cosmic entities. Uh, and we heard this directly from Stan Lee himself. He must be one of the cosmic entities in the Marvel Universe. So I'm not sure if he may be the in-betweener, who is a character we've not seen before. If he's, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other, he might be a celestial. Uh, there could be a number of different cosmic beings that Stanley could be, but he himself admitted that the guy's on the right track, and that's all he could say. Well, Watcher's obviously very cosmic beings, uh, first appearing in Fantastic Four, who basically oversee the events of the Marvel Universe but are sworn never to interfere. So for those of you who are uh, Marvel fanboys, you know what a Watcher is. And for those of you who aren't, I just told you. And Stan Lee very well could be a Watcher, or if not a Watcher, at least some cosmic entity. And hopefully that'll be revealed Soon, maybe in uh, Avengers Infinity War. Who knows? Maybe maybe Thanos destroys everyone and Stan Lee steps in and saves him. That would obviously be the greatest cameo in the best Marvel movie ever. Uh, my favorite part of the Stan Lee panel, though, and we're still okay on time, Joey? Um, yes, sir. You got a couple minutes. My favorite part of the Stan Lee panel was someone up, stood up and asked him, what do you think about Captain America now being Hydra? And Stan kind of got this weird look on his face, and he has a hearing issue where he can hear... But sometimes the words are a little jumbled. Uh, obviously, 94 years old. Again, hopefully we're all doing as well as Stan when we're 94. But so he leaned into the moderator and said, hey, what's that question? And he said, well, the guy wants to know if uh, you're happy with Cap being Hydra. And Stanley stood up out of his chair. He goes, what do you mean Captain America went over to Hydra? Who, who, who authorized this? He'd better not have gone over to Hydra. And someone else explained the kind of storyline that's been going on for the past year. And he says, believe me, when I when I get done with this panel, I'm going to be making some phone calls. <laughs> he had no idea. He's not on board with the idea, obviously. But he also admitted he has not kept up with the comic books as busy as he is. Uh, who can blame him? But uh, it was a fantastic, probably my favorite panel of the entire convention. Uh, Stan Lee still going strong at 94. I'm still soliciting as hard as I can to try to get him on the air. Uh, I've. I've puts calls in his agency. I've met with his handler a couple times at a couple different cons. Now I'm doing my best. I would love to be able to give my listeners an interview with Stan Lee and hopefully that will happen. I'm putting it out there in the universe and hopefully karma will come back and allow it to be. We're going to take our last break. We'll come back and wrap things up here on geek to me radio. Stand by. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Catches seeds just like flies. Look out. Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Hi, this is Brent Spiner. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. And we are back. Wrapping up our last segment of Geek to Me Radio. We need to make sure we let you all know to go check out Discover St. Charles website, which is discoverstcharles.com. Click on the links for all sorts of things to see and do. 
once again, we just got done talking, obviously, with uh, Ben and Jim about the Dead Palace. Halloween is right around the corner. The Legends and Lanterns event going on in historic St. Charles is something you don't want to miss. It's uh, spooky fun for the whole family. There's a lot of living history characters, so you'll learn something as well. It's a great alternative to just the going around door-to-door trick-or-treating, and that'll be happening. You can check out their events calendar for that and more. If you're maybe uh, this nicer fall weather, you want to sit outside and enjoy some nice food, plenty of places up and down south, 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 either direction, south or north. So it's south. You can go south Main Street um, and (laughs) plenty of places to eat and dine up and down there, a vast variety of food choices as well. Uh, no matter what kind of mood you're in, I cannot talk to you. Whatever food you're in the mood for, oh my goodness, this is why I get for drinking on air. Um, I'm kidding, I'm not doing that, obviously. But if whatever food you're in the mood for, you want to check out Main Street in St. Charles, Sorth, North and South. Check them both out. Because there's all sorts of places to do that. Lots of shopping and always something fun to do. Take a picnic. Go old school. Take a picnic. Go hang out in Frontier Park. Spread out the blanket. Let the dog throw the Frisbee around. Not a bad time to be had anywhere in St. Charles. Check out their website, discoverstcharles.com, and follow them on Twitter, at discoverstc. We have a brand new sponsor I'd like to thank as well for coming on board, Tenacious Eats. We had Chef Liz and Chef Steve in the studio Uh, A couple weeks ago, promoting their Goonies event. Well, guess what? Once again, I feel like I'm doing a fall-themed show. Beetlejuice is their next event. So you want to check out their website, TenaciousEats.com, and you can get your tickets for that event. And they've already got a Christmas event planned, the classic movie, Home Alone. You can download uh, all the, not download, but go to their website to see their past events as well they've had a bunch of the, they're flashing on the screen right now mars attacks they've done uh, the julia and julie movie they've done a bunch of other ones and they do a fantastic menu that's planned out to correspond with the movie fantastic food that chef liz prepares and you'll want to check them out tenaciouseats.com we thank them for coming on board as our newest sponsor thank you to our newest patreon supporters as well just being amos and rachel cavelman thank you and you can support us there as well Until next time. It's not in the way you watch I zombie. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty Young Arts. It's not in the way you play Mario Kart. It's not in the way you look when you make him a throw trap and says, That's a show. Thank you, Planet Vulcan. Good night.